This program, of course, is presented by Pro Wrestling Illustrated, the most widely read, widely sold, and respected wrestling magazine in the world today. This is a Pro Wrestling Illustrated podcast. I am your host, PWI senior writer, Al Castle. Happy New Year, everybody. And uh, joined once again by my co-host, fellow senior writer, Dan Murphy. How are you, Dan? I'm back from the great beyond. How's it going, Al? Good. And Happy New Year uh, to you. We are now in 2017, another year of the podcast. Uh, But in this episode, we're going to be talking uh, all about 2016 and specifically the uh, PWI Annual Achievement Awards. Uh, the issue just dropped online, I believe. Um, so you can go to pwi-online.com and check it out. Uh, just about our biggest issue of the year, right up there with the PWI 500. You know, I like to call them the destination issues, the ones I've been picking up since I was a little kid. You never miss uh, the year-end awards, uh, the year in wrestling, and we're going to be breaking that uh, all down here, and it's going to be news to me. I mean, but for uh, Wrestler of the Year on the cover of the magazine, I actually am not privy to to how the vote uh, went. So, Dan, you're going to be cluing me in uh, in just a moment, and uh, we'll try to get through as many of the awards as we can. We're certainly going to hit uh, the biggest of ones and uh, work our way back. Uh, but as I mentioned, uh, if you guys want to check out the whole issue, the thing to do, pwi-online.com, pick up the one issue, subscribe. Um, to to several issues for more savings. You can get six issues for uh, under $21. That's about half off uh, the cover price. Uh, the best deal uh, is 12 issues for uh, just about 40 bucks. And if you guys go digital, um, you get even deeper savings and you get it uh, a lot quicker. Like now, you could be uh, reading this thing right now uh, on your laptop, mobile device, uh, what have you. And uh, actually, we got some big news coming. Uh, maybe we'll talk about it more in the next uh, uh, podcast um, about a, a, a big change coming for digital um, subscribers that you'll definitely want to uh, check out. PWI taking the next big step um, as far as technology and uh, the 21st century and all that stuff. Um, but for now, again, pwi-online.com, the way to go. Uh, subscribe. Um, it, Dan, they hear me every week, uh, or every, uh, so often, uh, talking about it. This issue in particular, uh, why is it one that readers would not want to miss? Yeah, just like you, Al, um, this is one of the destination issues, one that I looked forward to every year. And, um, the really neat thing is it's the achievement awards, the year end awards, wrestler of the year, tag team of the year, match of the year, and so on. And they're all voted by the fans, voted by PWI readers. Uh, In the PWI 500 issue, there was a ballot. Fans fill out the ballot and they cast their vote. There's uh, an email address that was included as well, and fans were able to vote that way and uh, send their ballots in. And these are all the, the voice, not of us as the editorial staff of the magazine, but of the fans themselves. So these are fan balloted awards, and they go back to... Uh, 1979 with the, the the beginning of PWI. Some of the awards actually predate Pro Wrestling Illustrated yeah. uh, to some of the sister publications that that the same company had. Um, so these are you know they, they've been along around for a long time and uh, they they continue to be popular and it's still the voice of the fans that decides the winners. 
Yep, and and as you mentioned, there's a lot more than just uh, the awards. I mean, it's it's a great little yearbook um, of of you know a snapshot of of the year in wrestling. It's got the year in review, tons of great photos, a lot of them that never made the pages of the magazine um, that you'd want to check out. We've got Damn. the unofficial yeah. official awards, uh, which have right been cracking there. me up since I was a kid. I've got a pop for that for the first <laughs> time in 20 years of writing for Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Dan Murphy got an unofficial official award. Oh, really? You, weren't you lobbying for one last year? What was it, like more out of the year or I something? Did. I lobbied several years. So I, I finally got one this year. So that's off the bucket list. All right. So I'll just uh, give no spoilers. <laughs> People will definitely want to pick up the magazine just for that. Yeah. Um, top 10 stories uh, of 2016. Uh, Harry Burkett and I put these together, and it was a lot of fun. And, man, I mean, there was just no shortage of – you know, any one of these stories on any other year um, could be the top story. And, and so it was hard to, to whittle it down to just 10 and then um, figure out what would be number one. So that alone is, is a, a really a great look back at what a, a huge year in wrestling it was. And I think it, it takes a, a little bit of distance and, and hindsight to really appreciate, wow, that this was a potentially a really transformative year. Um, and then our, our staff picks for our memories of 2016. Uh, I wrote a little bit about... Um, going to Extreme Rules in New Jersey and um, kind of appreciating that wrestling fans could love wrestling and be as passionate uh, about wrestling as ever if you you give them um, the right product. And it was a super hot crowd that night. Uh, I wrote a bit about that. And uh, we've got uh, a lot of the staff's picks for the memories of the year. Uh, so again, tons, tons of, of great content in this issue and really all uh, issues of PWI. So um, go ahead, pwi-online.com, subscribe, uh, drop us a line here at pwipodcasts at outlook.com, follow us on Twitter at official PWI, and uh, find us on Facebook. All right, Dan, uh, without any further ado, you got the list in front of you. As I said, uh, I'll know this first one, but past that, I won't know uh, them. And, and anybody who's gone to pwi-online.com and checked out the cover of the new magazine will know this first one. But why don't you reveal who is the 2016 Wrestler of the Year? The Wrestler of the Year, with 51% of the vote, which is huge, more than half of all respondents voted for him as Wrestler of the Year, it is AJ Styles. The WWE champion AJ Styles topped out Roman Reigns. Roman only had 14%. Wow. You consider that Roman Reigns was standing tall at WrestleMania, the biggest WrestleMania of all time. He only got 14%. Second runner-up was Kevin Owens with 9% of the vote. And then Dean Ambrose with 7%. So uh, AJ Styles with a landslide victory in the Wrestler of the Year category. Do, do you think this was AJ Styles' career year? And when you talk about the body of work there from uh, TNA to New Japan, um, you know, you could argue that there were years that he had better matches, that he was uh, younger, more in his prime. Uh, but, you know, it, doing it in WWE and in the way that he did it, I mean, really um, out of the box, uh, uh Within months, headlining shows, working with John Cena, capturing WWE title, a guy that uh, myself included thought would never work for WWE um, just because a lot of the company's prejudices and biases against certain types of wrestlers. And uh, I mean, he really proved everybody wrong. Yeah, he was an underdog. Um, I also thought that he would never make it. 
he was offered a deal with WWE, if you recall, back around 2001, 2002. Right. Uh, I remember interviewing him at that time because he turned it down. And he went to the fledgling TNA, and I remember in the interview, I mean, he was a young guy at the time, and he said, well, my family's more important, and uh, he volunteered with his church, and uh, he just didn't want the travel and, and to join WWE at that time, and said he had no regrets about it. And at the time, I thought, well, that's that's great, but man, you're, you're killing your career. I mean, WWE's the place to be. And now, you know, 14 years later, he went, and he went on his own terms, and he's just been, been the... the biggest star in the company for the second half of the past year. Um, he, he really did exceed all expectations. Great debut at the Royal Rumble. A little bit of a setback with the loss of Chris Jericho at WrestleMania, but after that, he was just up and running. Uh, the heel turn made him. He got to really be the arrogant, mean, nasty AJ Styles that he really should be all along. And uh, in terms of a persona, um, and he's just been a natural for it. So it's worked out really well. Like you said, I think there's been years where he's had better matches. But having the matches he's had and the success he's had and the appeal he's had on the big stage of WWE, it shows that he can be a major player and not just a big fish in a small pond. How much did it help, AJ, though, um, that otherwise it was something of an underwhelming year for WWE's top stars. I mean, when you read that list of uh, runners-up, none of those guys exactly uh, set the world on fire in 2016. Roman Reigns did. I mean, he did for the first half of the year. It's just that the second half of the year, and it wasn't terrible. I mean, he had the U.S. title reign. He Losses were still very rare. Um, it's just he had the... He never caught the, the fancy of the fans. And um, this is a fan vote. And uh, AJ Styles, even as a heel, the fans like him. And fans just wanted to vote for him, and, and they respect him a little bit more. And, you know, uh, Roman had the, the wellness uh, failure and right. suspension that happened, and he's never quite rebounded from that, plus the fan backlash. Uh, whereas AJ has just been a feel-good story, and uh, I think he's a better candidate to encapsulate WWE in 2016. And uh, that's reflected in the fan vote. And, and I think uh, it's also what differentiates uh, the, the year in wrestling, the, the Achievement Awards, from the PWI 500, where we do have to look at it more objectively um, in terms of the criteria and win-loss record and influence and things like that. This one's up to the fans. It's whatever you want. You know, you, you pick the guy who, who you want to pick. And um, with that in mind, I don't think this was ever going to go um, Roman Reigns' way. Yeah. Yeah. With the fan vote, not not at this point. I mean, I think that Roman really needs uh, a new direction if he's ever going to capture the fan vote. And and that ship may have sailed already. Um, you know, he's been on top for the past couple of years. And no matter what he's tried, uh, being the badass, being the kind of flippant guy, being a, a, a jokester, the Shields mini reunion, whatever he's tried hasn't really worked for him. And I think the next step and the step that probably should have happened a year ago is a full heel turn and then let the fans boo him, get it out of their system and then kind of come along and see if they, uh, they like him after the fact. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that's what happened with Steve Austin. It's what happened with the rock. It's what happened with most of the great stars. Um, and, um, you know, maybe that'll still happen. Maybe not, but I think that's the only way that 
Roman would ever get a a fan vote, barring just an incredible year where he wins in every pay-per-view straight through and nobody can deny it. The fact is he's the most dominant guy, but I think that's the only way he would win in a fan balloting for a uh, wrestler of the year award. Yeah, yeah. All right, moving on. What is the uh, the next big one? Uh, I guess team. that would be what's that? Tag team of the year. Tag team of the year. I again, not having seen this, I think this one would pretty much be a shoe in as well. Who are you going with? Uh, well, there's one team that broke the record for the longest WWE uh, tag team title reign uh, ever, and it was the New Day. And I can't imagine anybody topping that. And you're correct. All right. <laughs> the New Day did win, again, 45% of the total fan ballot, which is, again, not over 50% like AJ Styles had. Mm-hmm. Quite impressive. Um, the New Day is Tag Team of the Year for 2016. Uh, number one contender at the top runner-up is the Young Bucks with 25% of the vote, which is really impressive. A quarter of the vote for the Young Bucks who don't have the benefit of being uh, in WWE or TNA or NXT – uh, and they still got a quarter of the vote. Uh, 10% to Big Cass and Enzo Amore, your number two runner-up. The number three runner-up, Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder. And uh, with the New Day with Tag Team of the Year, the really interesting thing with that is this is the first tag team to win back-to-back um, Tag Team of the Year awards since Harlem Heat back in 1995 and 1996. Wow. So not uh, only not only did they beat Demolition's record for longest WWE tag reign, but they also showed, uh, you know, the fact that they were a two-year threat, uh, the first team to win the award in back-to-back years in, in two decades. Yeah, I mean, uh, wrestling in general, certainly WWE, just doesn't have that kind of longevity with, with teams anymore. It, it, they're, they're a little impatient and um, so quick to, to break up and act. I mean, you think of teams that did have some heat in the past years, like, Team Hell No, you know, maybe they they had, uh, what, a six-month run, eight-month run together, um, yeah. you know, so uh, a, New Day's now going on, what, three years uh, together and, and burning really hot over the last two years. You get the sense that uh, it it's somewhat in the rearview mirror uh, right now after losing the titles a couple weeks ago to uh, Cesaro and Sheamus. Uh, the act is feeling a little stale, you know, I, I, they, they feel a, a little directionless without those titles. Um, but there's no two ways about it. I mean, I talked about uh, my my memory of 2016 being uh, checking out Extreme Rules Live. And, and one of the things that really stuck with me that, that night was the pop that New Day got. And um, n- not just a, a single pop for coming out or anything like that, but they went in there and they did their little comedy routine if they were comedians, they would have killed like nobody ever killed before. I mean, they just had uh, the, the fans in the palm of their hands. You know, every, they could do no wrong. I mean, from the unicorn to all the silly catchphrases, all that stuff. Uh, there was a, a while there, and it, they're still burning pretty hot. Uh, but there was a while, while there in the middle of the year where, you know, the merchandise was selling uh, like hotcakes, um, they were winning their matches. They were a really, really overact, maybe the hottest babyface act in the entire company. Yeah, for a time they were. And now here's the interesting thing in, in my perspective. Right now, I'm working on the next issue, and and one of the things I'm working on is the uh, the report cards that we do every year. And I was just recently trying to evaluate uh, the new day for the report card, 
And I was thinking, you know, yeah, okay, they held the tag team titles for almost the entire year. They they broke Demolition's record. They, they were one of the most overacts for the entire year. But at the same time, it's hard to really think of any great matches that they yeah. had. I mean, they're, they're so known for the comedy routines and the shtick and the bumping and grinding and everything else. I mean, two, three years ago or from now, are we going to look at the New Day as, as an elite tag team? I don't think we are. I mean, they had success, which is great. I mean, that's what it's all about. Um, but I, I still can't find myself looking at them as, as one of the all-time greats, even though they held the, the tag titles for the longest amount of time. So that's kind of the real paradox with the New Day, in, in my opinion. But again, yeah, they were they were never uh, uh, dominant. I mean, a lot of it was uh, you know the proverbial slip on a banana peel uh, win. Uh, a lot of you know countouts, DQs. Uh, it wasn't like they were running through the competition, but they did hold on to those belts. And then when you'd have a blow off match to any feud, they would come out on top. Uh, they've actually had some decent matches since losing the titles um, with Cesaro and Sheamus. Uh, but yeah, you know how much that's also the competition. I mean, when you're working with the Vaud villains and and uh, acts like that, you know, it, it's hard to you know, deliver four-star matches. Uh, but, yeah, again, I, th I think in terms of being a hot act, being a draw, uh, that shouldn't be uh, underestimated. You know, like go through Toys R Us, and they got the Budio's uh, cereal box with the action figures uh, inside, very prominently displayed uh, out there. So, yeah, they were a big hit. Uh, let's see, what do we got? Working our way back. Uh, I guess it'd be match of the year, which... Let's um, do it. I yeah. think it's right up there in, in importance with wrestler of the year. I mean, this is why we, we do all this. This is why we watch is for entertaining matches. And uh, there were a ton of them uh, this year. So I'm curious, what uh, won match of the year? All right. The winner of match of the year got 26% of the total vote. And speaking about the diversity of great matches this year, uh, beyond the three runners up, into the votes for others category, 40% of the vote went into votes for others. Wow. Which means, I mean, that just speaks to how many really impressive matches there were this year. Uh, fans were all over the place. You know, the winner got a quarter of the vote. Uh, the, the others got almost 50% of the vote, and then the runners-up got the rest. So there was a lot to choose from. So, uh, Al, your, your guess, what do you think was the match of the year? Well, there's what I thought was the best match of the year, and then there's what I think would win. What do I think would win? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, and, and we talked about it when we did our picks. The best match I saw, uh, okay, I'll, I'll give you what I think would win. I will, I will say that Nakamura and Sami Zayn won. Uh, my pick would have been um, Okada in Tanahashi at uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Okada and Tanahashi is in the votes for others category. Goodness, wow. The number one uh, runner-up is Nakamura versus Sami Zayn. Okay. And your match of the year with 26% of the total vote, it's from SummerSlam, AJ Styles versus John Cena. Okay, I can see that. I mean, two huge stars on a big, big stage, and they had a phenomenal match. I mean, I'd, th there's not a big argument to be made against that, so... Um... Yeah, were you surprised to, to see that one? I wasn't surprised because I think that there was a big well of support for AJ Styles. 
uh, with Styles getting 50-plus percent of the vote in Wrestler of the Year. And I think that his match, his win, his clean win over John Cena at SummerSlam was his, his shining moment of the year. I think that a lot of the fans who really rallied to cast their va- their ballot for AJ uh, also went hand in hand and looked at that being his shining moment and and went with that for match of the year as well. Yeah. So I think a lot of those AJ Styles supporters just went with that match as a, a natural kind of standby. Um, so yeah, and again, it was such a a uh, symbolic matchup, uh, the passing of the torch. Uh, potentially with, you know, John Cena leaving his wristband in the ring. And here you have AJ Styles who spent all his career in TNA and then in Japan and then coming in and, and the whole new era that we're embarking on where the old guard, John Cena, who's been on top for so long against the guy who's smaller and quicker and and does flashier things like they were showcasing later in the cruiserweight uh, tournament. Um, it, it was really rife with a lot of symbolism, and, and there was a lot riding on that match. Uh, there might have been other matches that were better from a technical standpoint, but I think that, that was one that really had uh, more emotion than anything else over the course of the year. Yeah, and you know what it also tells you? I'll just uh, look this up. Um, you know, I, I love—it's it, been a while since I've heard it, but I, I always get a, a kick out of the You Can't Wrestle chance at John Cena because by my math now, this is his fifth match of the year, uh, which I think would put him just behind Shawn Michaels. Uh, Shawn probably had seven or eight. I would Shawn had eight, yes. Yeah. Actually, San Martino has a bunch, too. Uh, but, you know, that's such a different time. Uh, but San Martino's got one, two, three, well, four. San Martino, was a, he was a bit of a spot monkey back in his day. <laughs> yeah, all the flips. Oh, yeah. Jim Cornette hated him. He hated that with San Martino stuff. Um, yeah, so it looks like Cena would be tied with San Martino now. I bet Flair is in, in um, that range, too. Uh, yeah. But, look, in modern history, certainly the last 10, 15 years, I mean, nobody... Uh, other than Michaels, uh, is is even close. So, uh, you know, I, I don't want to hear that AJ carried John Cena or anything like that. I mean, t- to me, that's two elite world-class wrestlers uh, sharing a ring together. And, um, you know, every time they went out there, it, it was magic. I don't think they had a bad match. Some were better than others. But I saw them wrestle uh, some house show matches that, you know, blew the roof off the place. So, um, yeah, those guys were were really uh, uh, magic together uh, in terms of their chemistry. Obviously, we're going to see it again, and the one that that uh, is coming up at the Rumble might top all of them. Uh, and, heck, I'd, I don't mind if we see it several more times in 2017 because those guys were just fantastic together. Right, and it bears noting that the third runner-up in the Match of the Year category was also Styles versus Cena from wow. Bank uh, with 8% of the vote. And uh, the second runner-up, I mentioned Nakamura versus Sami Zayn was the first runner-up. Second runner-up, it was uh, the women. It was the women's match at WrestleMania. Uh, not the 10-woman tag match from the pre-show, but, <laughs> uh, but Charlotte versus Sasha versus Becky Lynch. So yeah. it's interesting to see that the highest uh, voted match from WrestleMania ended up being the women's match. Yeah, and it was the best match uh, of WrestleMania, and the WrestleMania stage is always going to give a match, a bump, just because, and this year in particular, last year in particular, with 100,000 people, um, it it was going to kind of magnify um, that match. That said, 
I, I don't think I'd have it in my my top four. It was a very good match on on a WrestleMania that's actually kind of weak on good action. I think that helped it too. Um, I don't know that I would have had it that high. What what are I'm curious. What are some of the uh, the other uh, vote getters that didn't make the runner up runners up? Yeah, well, obviously you meant Okada and Tanahashi. That was one of the ones that. Uh, and again, I, I mean, they, they have such a incredible rivalry going back and forth between the two of them that anytime that those guys square off, it's it's a classic match. Um, but the thing is it's tough to really kind of score those against yeah. each other because they're always good. Um, some of the other ones, um, let's see, there was uh, Dean Ambrose versus Kevin Owens from the Royal Rumble. Um, Roman Reigns versus Dean Ambrose versus Brock Lesnar. That was good, yeah. Uh, Kenny Omega versus Tetsuya, Tetsuya Naito. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nakamura versus Samoa Joe. Is um, Zayn and Owens in there? Zane and Owens is not no, one of the yeah. top or the uh the the Intercontinental title four way at uh, Extreme Rules. Actually there was a couple of really good matches, Extreme Rules. There was also uh the AJ Roman match, the, the no DQ match that I thought was phenomenal. Yeah, that was a great match. It didn't make it on this in terms of the votes for others, but again that, that just shows the, the diversity yeah. that was that was involved. Yeah, absolutely. And again, the votes for others is just the most prominent of the votes for others. There, are, you know, certainly other ones right. that were named, but those are the top ones of the votes for others. You mentioned uh, uh, Okada and Tanahashi and, and Kenny Omega. Um, you know, I, I thought this year would be the year that that Japan would would break through at least with a runner up. Um, but now we were talking about it before we we uh, hit record here. Uh, yeah. Okada and Kenny Omega. Some people are talking about from, from this year's. Um, Wrestle Kingdom are talking about in the running as greatest match uh, of all time. So, uh, you know, another thing that hurts those matches is they're so early in the year that it, it really takes uh, a good memory to appreciate those. But I'll be curious to see how, how that does by the end of the year. But who knows? We have a whole year of, of uh, action to see uh, how well that match holds up by come December. Um, all right. Uh, working our way back. Most hated wrestler of the year. Again, I, I've even wondered, you know, there are some awards, uh, again, tracing it back to 72, whatever, when we started doing this in, in other magazines, uh, some awards have fallen by the wayside because they're just not relevant anymore. And I wonder if this one is going to go that way, just because what it means to be a heel uh, today is so different than years ago, you know, I, you know, and I don't know who won this, but but in putting the ballot together, there was even some discussion, does Roman Reigns belong in this category? Um, and I don't know. Maybe I'm spoiling something. I don't even know who won. Why don't you tell us who won Most Hated Wrestler of the Year? Well, Roman Reigns does belong in this category because <laughs> Roman Reigns is your Most Hated Wrestler. Really? Wow. Yeah. Okay, that... that... And, and this, I'm not feigning uh, surprise here. I really didn't know that. This is really the first time in the history of the awards that a ostensibly babyface wrestler has sure. won most hated. So, I mean, again, it's the fan vote. And this is a guy who is positioned all year long as a bastion of integrity and a good guy and everything else. <laughs> uh, and he got 26% of the vote and he won most hated wrestler of the year. Again, and we can debate, you know, what does it mean to be most hated wrestler of the year? Does it mean... Just that simple, somebody that, that fans don't like, in which case, 
uh, right, it would be open to anybody, or does it mean the best heel, uh, which, again, there's there's a difference there. A, a, a performer who does a good job portraying a bad guy versus um, a wrestler who fans just hate. And sometimes the wrestler who does a job portraying a, a good job portraying a bad guy ends up being cheered because he does it so well. I mean, I think that's the case with guys like Kevin Owens, who's actually a very good heel. Your number uh, one runner-up, Kevin Owens, with yeah. 19% of the vote. Yeah, which in, in the two guys, Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens, could not be slotted more differently. And here they are, number one and two in the most hated category. Yeah, it's all become like very meta, right? Is that the term? You yeah, know? I think that works, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, it used to be whoever, pick your heel, Roddy Piper would come out and fans would throw garbage at him and they wanted him dead. Um, that same act today would be cheered because he's doing such a good job at being a bad guy. Um, so, yeah, I, I just wonder what the future of this award is because when you are now giving a most a, a, an award that was ostensibly meant for heels to a guy who is um, cast as a babyface, it may be time to retire the, the award. Maybe. Yeah. Or do a better job building your top baby face. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the other part of it. Um, yeah. And and that is the, the one criticism um, that I think is a legitimate criticism of WWE over the last several years. It's just they've, they've forgotten how to portray baby faces. And uh, I know their rap is, oh, it's a different time. You can't do today what you could do 10, 15 years ago. Uh, but we saw it with Goldberg at, at Survivor Series, who was could not have been more of a a vanilla babyface out there hugging kids and and all that, and the crowd loved him, ate it up, you know. So um, there's absolutely still a way to do it, you know. It's just Roman Reigns isn't doing a very good job of it. No. And uh, again, I mentioned Kevin Owens with the number one runner-up with 19%. The second runner-up with 15% of the vote in the ca this category was The Miz. Miz is, um, again, when I talk about a guy doing a great job portraying a heel, I think he'd be my number one. I think he's doing an excellent job. And he has figured out how um, to find that balance where he really isn't getting cheered. I mean, different than, than uh, Kevin Owens. Fans really do hate the Miz, and he's doing a good job being yeah. a heel. Um, you know, and again, I think back to that Extreme Rules uh, four-way or five-way Intercontinental Title match, which was just this great match, four and a half star match, and then he pulls out the victory, rolls somebody up, and and um, retains the title. And this crowd, I mean, they were so angry. I mean, it was such a a visceral, real anger that that's who ended up winning this match. Uh, and I just thought that's fantastic. I mean, this guy is 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 got it right. Yeah, absolutely. For me, with the Miz, it was just the talking smack segment with uh, Daniel Bryan. I mean, that just put him on the map. Where mm -hmm. he, uh, you know, where, where Daniel Bryan walked off the set during their their little kind of uh, verbal clash. But that was that was masterful. It was a great moment, I think, and a great moment for Miz. And uh, the third runner-up in most hated was Eva Marie. Um, Again, I mean, that's more, I think, in that Roman Reigns uh, kind of camp. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The she's hated for different though, reasons. She got so much heat by not wrestling, you know, during that little period where she'd come out and, uh, you know, find an excuse not to wrestle and, and it worked for her. And then again, there was a suspension and, and never really kind of got back on track. But that was an opportunity of, of WWE taking that negative 
um, response and saying, okay, let's go with this. Let's channel it and, and make her hate it. And uh, that's what they've been reluctant to do with Roman Reigns. And um, we'll see. Maybe that will change this coming year. Yeah, yeah. But again, this whole category feels sort of broken to me. Um, you know, how how far away are we from, I don't know, Dixie Carter being most hated? Or, yeah. uh, you know, it just feels like that's not what this award was intended for. And fans can vote for whoever they want to vote for, by all means, but but it just might be um, a, a concept who whose time is past. Um, and the, obviously, to, to counter that, is most popular wrestler of the year, and uh, who won that? This was one of the, uh, the ones that really surprised me, in a good way. Uh, I, I love the choice, uh, but I really, really was, was stunned. Uh, with 22% of the total vote, the most popular wrestler of the year for 2016, it's Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah, I totally see that. I mean, um, I, I think we forget what real popularity uh, is. What does it mean to be popular? And and I think post-Steve Austin, post-The Rock, and even somewhat post-John Cena— our standards for what what it means to be a star um, have really kind of diminished. And again, I talk about being at an NXT show um, in uh, the Madison Square Garden Theater in November, and I had the greatest seats. I was up front. Um, and when Nakamura came out, it was really something different. I mean, um, I, I, I can't remember when I saw certain wrestlers, uh, but I live, but I know that I've seen them at different times. I can't remember the first time I saw John Cena or Hulk Hogan or, or those types. Uh, but I will always remember being there for Nakamura because it was a real special feeling. And this guy just captivated everybody in that building. I mean, it, it was like seeing a rock star, uh, live and nobody else. Um, certainly United States, uh, has that right now. I agree. I, I just thought in my perspective is I still think of NXT as being developmental. I still think of it as being off the radar. You know, when they bring a lot of people in from NXT, a lot of times the fans don't quite know how to react to them. That's changed a lot over the past year, but NXT I think of as being for the diehards and maybe that's what it was. Maybe that our, our vote this year was, I mean, PWI readers are knowledgeable. They, they follow the sport. Um, so maybe it was a lot of the diehards who are watching NXT. Um, but it just surprised me that Nakamura had the name recognition to win this award. Um, it's the first time I can think of that the most popular award has not gone to somebody uh, who's on national TV. I mean, they're, they're on the, the network, but that's, it, it's not traditional cable, national cable television. Uh, so Nakamura just beat out the first runner-up in Dean Ambrose, who won back-to-back the past two years. Uh, again, kind of a weak winner those two yeah. years because no one has really been a, a huge uh, popular draw, uh, especially with Roman Reigns kind of failing on that front. Uh, but Nakamura beat out Dean Ambrose was the uh, first runner-up. Second runner-up was Bailey, and the third runner-up was Enzo and Big Cass. I would have expected uh, the New Day to be uh, in that mix. Again, there was a while there where they were uh, red, red hot. Yeah. Yeah, they were in the Votes for Others category along with Finn Balor, Sasha Banks, mm -hmm. uh, John Cena, 
Cesaro and Ethan Carter the third. Yeah, all good picks. Um, you know, Cena's really dropped off. I mean, this was his award for for a while, uh, but you know, he was he was barely visible in uh, 2016, certainly relative to uh, other years. So I guess I understand it. Ambrose is, if nothing else, consistent, and um, you know, not setting the world on fire, but he is a, clearly a babyface, quirky, likable, has his following, had the world title for. Uh, a stretch there uh, so certainly that helped him um and yeah i mean he's the one guy who consistently comes out and gets cheers you don't hear a lot of booze for for dean ambrose he's kind of a guy who's hard not to like um but again i think it's kind of low standards in wwe in terms of what it takes to be a, a beloved wrestler um all right let's see uh feud of the year uh, this I, I had an, an interesting pick for this one, and I'm curious um, how they did. Uh, what was a feud of the year? Feud of the year. It was again. It's uh, it's the Divas Revolution. It's uh, Charlotte versus Sasha Banks. Really? Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, you look at the two of them and, and the way they traded the women's title back and forth. Uh, they were really going at it from a little bit before WrestleMania all the way through to the end of the year. Um, there's a little bit of a break off there when Sasha took some time off, but for the most part, those two were just evenly matched and going at it all year. Well, for seven or eight months of the year. Um, and you know, headlining, becoming the first women to headline a WWE pay-per-view with, uh, with the hell in a cell, uh, headlining on raw, they really kind of took the women's division to new heights and, uh, that, that paid off. Uh, they got 27% of the overall vote. Charlotte and Sasha Banks were feud of the year. The uh, first runner-up was Cena versus AJ Styles with 17% of the vote. Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens with 12%. Uh, not as highly profiled, but certainly as much passion and, and uh, emotion as you'll find in any feud. And then uh, the third runner-up was AJ Styles and Dean Ambrose with 9% of the vote. Yeah, I think that's probably the weakest of the bunch. Zayn and Owens may be feud of the decade. Um, it just, this happened to be the year that it finally happened on the WWE stage and kind of fizzled out toward the end. I mean, it didn't end really hot. Um, but right. uh, again, I mean, you're you're literally talking a feud that goes back 10 years or, or more. Um Charlotte and, and Sasha, I just quickly looked it up and probably didn't even need to, but it is the first time that the women have ever uh, won this category. Yes. And, um, yeah, I mean, there, there's different ways of looking at Feud of the Year. There is uh, the, the way of looking at it that is a a grudge, uh, you know, heated, uh, the, the kind of blood feud, um, you know, which, which kind of burned the hottest with the most intensity. Uh, I think uh, Undertaker and Brock Lesnar last year, that was absolutely the case. If you remember some of the pull-apart brawls that they had. And then there's the way of looking at it as series of matches. Um, and I guess there's somewhere in between. I mean, I don't know that I ever felt like those two, they did end up in Hell in a Cell, but I don't know if I ever felt like a real red-hot like hatred between the two. Uh, but they had a bunch of matches, a bunch of high-profile matches, and, and traded that title back and forth headlined um a pay-per-view uh, for the first time ever for women so uh yeah no complaints there i i understand that one and and cena and aj uh again i think in in terms of series of matches uh as we just talked about they had a bunch of great ones so uh no complaints there 
what what um my pick for this category and I don't know if I realistically expected it to win uh was Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy uh, and we talked about That's... it a few weeks ago but just so different so um bizarre and um I thought kind of must see TV I mean I think it was uh, this this storyline that you followed and you followed closely and you wanted to see the next chapter of, which I never thought I'd be saying about Matt and Jeff Hardy in 2016, uh, but I would like to have seen them get some kind of, of attention for their work this year. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned that we, uh, as the writers, we talked about our favorite year-end memories. And, and that's what I did was, you know, the, the whole Matt Hardy and, and decay or delete, delete or decay. Uh, yeah, because that, that was just such a fascinating uh, change of pace and the way that Matt Hardy reinvented himself. The, the feud with Jeff Hardy, I thought was, you know, it was a good storyline, but it didn't really have the payoff with a great match. Uh, the, the first match at the Hardy compound was interesting, but I think the things that they achieved as a tag team together were a little bit. Yeah, you, you might make a point there. Yeah, I mean, I, I think when people think of that act, they might think of it now more about them together than right. against each other. But it was that rivalry that kind of kicked the whole thing off. And, you know, remember that contract signing and they he throws the baby that turns out to be a doll. I mean, it's just yeah. the wackiest thing you ever saw. Um <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. Where are we? Uh, Woman of the Year. Okay, uh, keeping yeah. with the theme. Um, yeah. I think this one would kind of be a slam dunk, too. Well, who's slam dunking? Uh, I would think Charlotte would be doing some dunking. And you are correct, yes. <laughs> Charlotte with 40%, and you can probably guess who is the first runner-up. I would think, well, okay, I'll say Sasha Banks, yeah. You're right, yes, yeah. with 35% of the vote. So okay. uh, Charlotte, so between the two of them, they captured wow, 75% yeah. of the total vote. Uh, so Bailey was the second runner-up with 12%, Becky Lynch with 7 Everybody else combined for just 6% of the vote. Uh, just really, and, and again, it was a great year for women's wrestling uh, between both the Raw brand, between this uh, SmackDown brand, what's going on in NXT. TNA did a really good job in the first half of the year of showcasing a lot of the knockouts. And then the knockouts title became kind of a hot potato that just kind of bounced around just willy nilly. Uh, but they still had some great matches. Uh, there were a lot of really deserving women, but you, you have to look at Charlotte, Sasha, Bailey, and Becky, and they were just featured. They were pushed so heavily by WWE that they just dominated this category. And between the four of them captured 94% of the total vote. Yeah, and we talk about um, the uh, lack of depth in some of these other categories like uh, uh, most popular or even wrestler of the year outside of AJ Styles. I think looking at these women, this is what it's supposed to look like. You know, there were clearly some big, big stars, you know, um, when you talk about those four women uh, in that order, Charlotte, Sasha, Bailey, uh, Becky Lynch. I might flip Becky and, and Bailey. I think Becky might have had a better year than, than Bailey did. Um, it, clearly, those were the, the, the four biggest women um, in WWE. And, and it's getting to the point where you don't even have to kind of qualify it. They were four of the biggest stars in WWE um, and by a lot and just did a fantastic job. And, and, um, yeah, I mean, it really is kind of a crazy time where the women are being booked better than the men are. Yeah. Um, and there's fewer of them, so maybe that helps in some ways. 
Uh, but all those women, I think, uh, did a sensational job. I think, by and large, were booked the right way. I mean, you can question some things here and there, some moves, uh, but you get a feel for all of their characters. I think the the and, and it really goes beyond those those four, but in general, the, there's a, a clear delineation in the women's division of the the good guys or good gals for that matter, and the the bad girls. Charlotte is clearly a despicable heel. Um, everybody loves Bailey. Everybody loves Sasha Banks. And even again, to a lesser extent, over on SmackDown with uh, Alexa Bliss and uh, Becky Lynch, the the cage match they just had uh, on SmackDown. Now the introduction of uh, Mickey James. I think they're just banging on all cylinders. Yeah, I agree. It's it's and. and... You know, <laughs> I'm I'm happy. This is a little kind of off, a little tangent, but I have a book coming out in a couple months on the history of women's wrestling, and I'm I'm happy because it really seems like the right time for it. It looks like it's going to be a great year for women's pro wrestling in 2017. Um, between everything that's going on on Raw and SmackDown, and the girls coming up in NXT and what TNA is doing. And, uh, you know, so uh, everything's working really well. So we'll see what the, if Charlotte can have this award next year, because the competition's going to be pretty fierce. Yeah. Yeah. When I see Nikki Bella still in the mix on SmackDown, it just feels really dated. And, yes. uh, uh, and it, again, it's not a slight against her, but it just feels like this doesn't work anymore, you know? Um, so, um, all right. Uh, comeback of the year, another category where I think uh, there are, on, on any given year, any one of what I imagine runners-up are, um, could have won this by a landslide, but you're talking a year where there were tons of big, big comebacks, so I'm, I'm curious to hear who won. Well, one of the, you just mentioned somebody who, who didn't win but but had a good showing was Nikki Bella. Uh, Nikki Bella out with her injury. She returned. She didn't capture one of the runners up spots, but she was one of the top votes for others. Um, the third runner up was Matt Hardy with 11% of the vote. Mm -hmm. He never really went anywhere, but his career resurgence after becoming broken, Matt. Sure. He became relevant again and, and in a huge way. Yeah. Became, became one of the most, the most talked about figures in wrestling. Um, to the point where even at WWE shows, you're hearing delete chants, you know, yeah. which is pretty incredible. Uh, the second runner up with 20% of the vote was Chris Jericho, again, reinventing himself. He came back for a little bit last year, went away, came back. But with the list and being BFFs with Kevin Owens and the scarves and everything else, again, reinvented himself and became, you know, just somebody who's being talked about and, 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 and again, influential. Uh, the number one runner-up, Seth Rollins, who literally came back from the the injury that he had, the uh, ACL and MCL tears that he had had last year, that caused him to uh, forced him to vacate the world championship. Uh, so those are the runners-up, which means that the comeback of the year with thirty percent of the total vote was Bill Goldberg. Wow, a guy who wrestled once, um, but again made such an impact in that one match and and the couple appearances before that. Uh, that I, I can't protest that. I am surprised to see one name uh, missing from there, who I would have thought would have been a strong number one or at least number two contender, if not the winner, and that's Shane McMahon. No, Shane McMahon did not even get in the uh, votes for others. Really? Wow. So, yeah. Maybe that's a good thing. I mean, uh, you know, 
if, if it's, I guess we don't call it wrestler comeback, uh, but but certainly there's a difference between what what Shane does and what uh, all these other guys who who go in the ring and and really, um, you know, you know, I mean Shane did too, I guess. Uh, but but I'm I'm glad to see him held in kind of a a different uh, category. Yeah. Yeah, he, he did not kind of move the needle in the comeback uh, of voting. Again, it's it's fan votes. And here's the big thing is the fan votes, uh, the ballot comes out with the PWI 500 issue, and we're receiving most of the votes right around October and November, so by Thanksgiving or so. And that was exactly when the hype for Goldberg was going on. Mm-hmm. So you, you have to take into effect that Goldberg was the hot hand at that moment. He was front and center. All of the hype for Survivor Series and the, the Brock Lesnar stare down and everything else, that was going on as this ballot was out and being completed. So he really just kind of benefited from the timeliness. And, uh, and in fact, the fact that he hasn't been around for 13 years. So, uh, you know, it, it's, it's been a long time and, and Goldberg uh, took the comeback. And this is another category where you could kind of read it a couple of ways. And, and I think it's interesting seeing Jericho and Matt Hardy, two names who I don't know why I even would have thought of it as comebacks, but it is, again, how, how you look at it. Guys who were active all along, uh, but reinvented themselves, became relevant. Um, Jericho is a really good one because it really felt for years that Jericho was kind of going through the motions and his heart wasn't really in it anymore. And And Jericho putting forth 20% of, of effort is still better than, than most guys, at least in the ring. But the, the character felt uninspired for a long time and coming off that amazing, you know, to me, hall of fame worthy heel run um, in the mid two thousands with Shawn Michaels. uh, It was hard to think that he would ever do anything that would would come close to that in terms of making himself a, a relevant heel. And of all things, you know, he hitches his wagons to kind of the new guy, um, Kevin Owens, and uh, they it's just been a great act, you know, uh, really like w- one of the reasons to watch WWE. I, I wonder sometimes if it goes a little far with the comedy, um, but, you know, clearly... They're, they're building anticipation for uh, those two breaking up. And uh, whenever WWE does that, or very often WWE does that, or any wrestling promoter does that with the tag team, uh, I, I think, the, you know, it, it doesn't equal a whole lot. I don't know. I think fans typically don't want to see partners fight each other. But this is one that really feels like it's picking up some steam. And, um, you know, if they do it at WrestleMania, which would make a lot of sense, I think it becomes a pretty big attraction um, for WrestleMania. And, you know, who would have thunk that about Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's been a nice build. They've got great personalities. Their chemistry between the two has been really good. And, uh, yeah, it will be an intriguing match at WrestleMania. You know, we'll we'll see how it develops. Yeah. Uh, Most improved wrestler of the year. Again, I think there's a wealth of guys who could have been in the running for this. Uh, So who took it? This is such a tough award because – it used to be improved was improved. Um, now improved can be, hey, we always knew this guy was good, but now he finally got a chance to show how good he was. Or now this guy's being used in a different capacity. Um, the most improved wrestler of the year with 19% of the total vote was The Miz. Which, okay. 
great year for the Miz, great standout year, but this is a guy who headlined WrestleMania and beat John Cena. He won at WrestleMania. I mean, he's a former world champion, a six-time, I believe, intercontinental champion, triple crown winner. He's, he's done everything. Uh, it's kind of hard to think of him as most improved, but his character had developed so well, and, and he really kind of took on a new essence to himself this year that the fans voted for him as, as this year's most improved wrestler. Uh, I'm really happy to see him uh, win this award. Uh, and again, after that run in 2011, I think there was such a backlash. You may remember we had him as our number one wrestler oh, I remember. in the, <laughs> the PWI 500, and we got a ton of heat for that. Um, and and by the time that issue came out, he had already fallen so dramatically in the cards and just stayed in that lower mid-card range for so long. Um, I thought despite putting some some good performances and doing some um, a lot of good work, a lot of hard work, and I think his reputation was as a guy who, you know, w- would take lemons and, and try to make lemonade uh, out of them um, and was handed a lot of kind of crap over the years, but kept his head down, kept on working. And uh, so for me, it was really rewarding to see him finally – get something that he could sink his teeth uh, into, uh, have his wife join him as part of the act. Uh, and I just think he's been fantastic. I don't know how he was ever cast as a babyface. And I know he was a couple times over the last few years. Um, I mean, if ever there was like a natural heel, it's The Miz. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, And uh, The Miz beat out the, the first runner-up was TJ Perkins, Mm-hmm. Uh, the the first the winner of the, the cruiserweight classic again tj perkins is the kind of guy who i think has been great for a long time you know whether you knew him as puma or you knew him as suicide or or manic uh, in tna um the guy's been an elite talent i don't think he improved his game this year but he just got an opportunity to showcase that in wwe uh the second runner-up kenny omega who really did improve, uh, again, really stepped up in the card in New Japan. And this is before, obviously, the Wrestle Kingdom match that you uh, had mentioned. And the third runner-up with 10% of the vote is uh, Dalton Castle. Yeah, all all great picks. Um, uh, TJ Perkins, I remember maybe a week or two before he won the the Cruiserweight Open, uh, I was at an Evolve show on Long Island, uh, a little rinky-dink. I shouldn't say that. It's a perfectly nice arena, but it's small, and it was uh, very, very hot and not air-conditioned. And I was with my kid, my 8-year-old, and just standing by the bathroom, and, you know, the guy says, excuse me, to go use the bathroom, and it's TJ Perkins. And I tell my kid, oh, that's TJ Perkins. You know, he, he was on uh, TNA, so-and-so, uh, all that. And uh, two weeks later, we're watching TV, and the guy wins the title, and... My kid's like, oh, that's the guy who, <laughs> you know, went into the bathroom. Uh, yeah, the so bathroom. It, it, it does speak to, like, um, the rocket ride that he had really uh, within a few weeks from uh, more than unknown because he, he was in, in TNA. But TNA never did much. of You know, I think he's another one of these guys that TNA will one day brag about having had, uh, but really – there's nothing to brag about. The point is he had him and he didn't really do anything with him. And and that goes with so many guys from AJ Styles to Okada to uh, on and on and on. It's like, uh, you know, wasted opportunity. So uh, yeah, I thought, I thought T and I, I think um, his potential still hasn't been met. You know, he 
He had that title for a few weeks and they took it off of him. But I do think that there is a, a, a natural charisma there that we saw more in the Cruiserweight Open um, and haven't seen as much uh, yet. So I'd like to see them uh, get back to that. Uh, Kenny Omega, for sure, I mean, uh, on, on the short list, I think, of um, future, not just WWE stars, but potential WWE world champions, WrestleMania headliners um, who, who aren't even with the company right now. And um, a lot of people are kind of likening it to where AJ Styles was just a year ago uh, and then came into WWE and just set the place on fire. Um, and, and there's certainly a lot of people who think that Kenny Omega, maybe by the end of the year, is doing the same thing. So uh, we'll see. Um, inspirational wrestler of the year. This one's always kind of a, a tricky one. Uh, because it all depends on what inspires you. And, and some years, um, you've got a, a real incredible uh, story of perseverance, uh, sometimes personal tragedies that people come back from. And sometimes it's just kind of, you know, a, an undersized wrestler, an underdog who does really well, that kind of thing. Uh, who won it this year? Yeah, this year, you mentioned some years, there are those personal triumphs, the tragedies, the, the great stories. This year didn't really have that. Um, yeah. This year's Inspirational Wrestler of the Year, back-to-back, -back, won it in 2015, won it in 2016, it's Bailey. Um, and Bailey, great, plucky underdog. She's very relatable. The little girls love her, especially. Um, you remember the super fan Izzy down at NXT. And, and she's very relatable and charismatic and, and hugs people. Um yeah. Not exactly a, a Magnum TA <laughs> in terms of <laughs> the, the inspirational, but but definitely a great role model. And she did get 23% of the vote. Um, again, I, I think it was kind of a, a soft field this year, uh, but Bailey won it. Again, making history as the first person to win Inspirational Wrestler of the Year in back-to-back -back years. Uh, she beat out uh, the no first runner-up is Cody Rhodes with 14% of the sure. vote. Uh, really just kind of because he took a stand and, and said, you know, I don't like the direction I have. I'm going to give up the WWE and, and go it on my own. 10% uh, of the vote went to Seth Rollins, who overcame that that surgery and the injury to come back in fantastic shape and immediately uh, reassert himself as a world title contender. And then 7% to Dean Ambrose uh, at the third runner-up, who finally won the, the world title this year. Uh, and again, the way he stood up to Brock Lesnar heading into WrestleMania. Uh, so those are your 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 top uh, contenders for inspirational wrestler with Bailey winning the award. I like all of those. Was AJ Styles in the running at all? I mean, again, we uh, an underdog who wasn't supposed to make it in WWE and then makes it kind of in the biggest way. Was he in that mix? He wasn't in the mix because I think a lot of the things is people look at the inspirational wrestler as being, well, Seth Rollins is, was for most of the era a heel, um, but they, they tend to look at the, you know, it's, it's the good guys who are the inspirational yeah. wrestlers typically. Uh, AJ didn't get a lot of uh, credit in it. Finn Balor was up there, Sasha Banks. Sure. Again, uh, uh, Nikki Bella, John Cena, James Ellsworth got a lot of. Oh, yeah, sure. Well. So, yeah. um, you know, that's, uh, that's kind of, uh, yeah, those are the main ones. Ironic that, that, uh, Bailey wins it, um, right around the time they showed that video on Monday night that Charlotte showed, I guess, to get some heat on Bailey. But, uh, that was truly inspirational when you see her as a little kid, um, you know, as, as a fan meeting wrestlers and they showed some, some of the poetry, 
uh, she wrote. And I know it's supposed to be kind of schmaltzy and, and all that, but um, it was kind of touching. I mean, uh, you know, we all do this because we're fans of, of this business and to see somebody who was that passionate uh, about it now, you know, challenging for the women's uh, a title at the Royal Rumble. That's really cool, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. And uh, finally, we're at the, the home stretch here. Rookie of the year. Another one that's tough because, again, it's just such a different time than it was years ago. Uh, even the definition of what a, ro- what a rookie is has kind of changed. And the, wi- the way guys get into um, uh, the business, uh, it's sort of hard to pinpoint exactly when somebody starts and that kind of thing. I think we've changed it over the last couple of years from uh, first year in the business to within the first two years, right? Three, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that said, um, NXT and, and WWE Developmental is a showcase now for, for rookies in a way that I think rookies have never had before. Uh, so that's on their side. Uh, all that said, who is the uh, 2016 Rookie of the Year? Well, my vote would have been different. Uh, some other people I know, they, they told me their guesses and their vote would have been different. But 48% of our, our respondents... Wow went with the rookie of the year is Nia Jax. Okay. And uh, again, Nia Jax, she fits our qualifications as a rookie. She's she's under the, the two-year mark. Um, and she's featured in WWE. And, and not just featured, but she's doing really well. She's been a really impressive uh, figure in the, the women's division, um, which gives her kind of, you know, a, a big uh, advantage over most other people in the rookie of the year category. She's on national TV every week. Um, she is, I believe, the third is or fourth. Is she the third or fourth female to win the Rookie of the Year? Um, I know that the first one was Medusa. Second one was Veda Scott. I believe that Charlotte won Rookie of the Year. So Nia Jax would be the fourth uh, Rookie of the Year winner. Yeah, I'm looking it up now. Let's yeah. see. She was in the fourth. Medusa won in '98 or 1988, I think. Yep, Medusa. Yeah. Veda Scott in 2012 and Charlotte in 2014. Yes, that's right. Um, yeah, I can't complain. You know, as you said, I think it's always going to be an advantage that you you get to be a rookie on the WWE stage, um, and and now on their main stage on on Raw and in some uh, another. Not to go on too much of a tangent, but one of the things I also really like about uh, the women's division right now, f- forever in WWE, it seemed like there was all the feuds. Um, and then there was the one women's feud, and typically it was whoever the women's champion was defending against. And it's nice now that they've got a couple different programs. There's the the women's title program, and now um, there's kind of beneath that you've got Sasha and and Nia Jax feuding, not over a title, but just a grudge, and some of that also going on on SmackDown with uh, Natty and Nikki, and then you've got. Uh, Becky and Alexa. So it's nice to see storylines and character development away from whatever the one women's title feud is. Um, Nia Jax obviously has got a way to go, you know, she, and she's a rookie. That's fine. Right. Um, But yeah, I mean, in terms of, of size, that's another really cool thing that we're seeing WWE getting away from um, some of their, their past kind of uh, prejudices about, what a wrestler has got to look like both on, on the male side and the women's side. I don't know. The Nijax would have gotten a look a, a couple of years ago. No. Um, and it's cool, uh, especially that it's not a freak show kind of awesome Kong thing. They talk about how beautiful she is and she is, she's stunning. 
um, but 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 she's a bigger woman and um, uses that her to her advantage and you know kind of this dominating force. Uh, again, got a ways to go, but uh, off to a, a really terrific start. Um, did you mention the the runners up? The runners up, the first runner up with twenty percent of the vote, Leo Rush from Ring of Honor, winning of uh, the uh, Chop Prospect Tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second runner-up, who a lot of people I've spoken to are really high on, uh, Matt Riddle. And I, I think yes. you mentioned Matt Riddle here yep. as well. Um, and the third runner-up, the person I'm really high on, uh, with 5% of the overall vote, was Shayna Baszler. Uh, again, former uh, two MMA fighters. In, MMA in fighter, the, uh... Uh, who I actually had the... <laughs> uh, after a, a show in Chicago, a Shimmer show, I ended up catching the... Um, Conor McGregor fight. That's right. You told us that story. Yeah, yeah. With, with her there. Um, and she, when she got into pro wrestling, I thought, you know, it's going to be tough for somebody who's a MMA fighter to make that transition. She was the, the smoothest transition that I've seen since Kurt Angle. And She's, you could say the same thing about Matt Riddle. I mean, really is interesting in that way that the, those two are, are so much alike. You know, the former uh, MMA fighters, UFC fighters, doing this as a second uh, career and almost look like more naturals in this career than their past career. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's great. Um, I, I, I certainly think that they both could have a future in WWE. Um, hopefully it happens for both of them, both, I think young enough. I think they're both still probably in their twenties. Yes. Um, or, or maybe early, I, I don't know. Uh, could Shayna be in her early thirties by now? I think she's still in her twenties. I'm not okay. sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, has that credibility. There's that one woman in NXT right now who who had like the MMA gimmick in um, Tough Enough last year. You remember yes. her, like New Jersey? I forget her name. Um, I saw her at that uh, that that Madison Square Garden NXT show, and she's fine. But it's like it feels like she's kind of a pretender. You know, I yeah. don't know how how deep her MMA roots go, but. Shayna Baszler, you're talking about you know that's a, the real deal, man. Yeah, I mean a past <laughs> contender in UFC. Uh, uh, one of the the four horsewomen with with Ronda Rousey, whatever that's worth these days. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, well, maybe not. I think you want to brag about. Personally, I think Ronda Rousey's loss is WWE's gain because I think Ronda now is you know she lost in in her fights in UFC. It's time she's a big wrestling fan, and and so is Shayna. And uh, I think Ronda's going to make that jump, and I think Baszler's coming with her, and I, I think that. You know, WWE has, has primed the, the pump, so to speak. The women's division is ready for somebody like that. And, uh, I mean, I think it can only get bigger and better from this point on. Can you see Ronda Rousey full-time wrestling for WWE? Yes. Really? Okay. Yes, I, I don't think they can afford her. I mean, what? I mean, I can't see that. Uh, you're talking about uh, a woman who, uh, frankly, isn't used to having, you know, that, that much of a schedule. I mean, and her best year, I think she fought three or four times a year. She's fought once over the last year uh, going to, I mean, maybe she could have kind of the Brock Lesnar contract, you know, that kind of thing. But um, I don't know. I do wonder uh, how much the the bloom is off the roads right now. You know, you think back to that WrestleMania uh, where she was in the ring with The Rock, uh, and and the crowd was just absolutely electric, and she was undefeated at the time. Then she lost once, and the thought was, well, maybe that was a fluke. She's still worth something, and she got absolutely uh, destroyed within seconds and humiliated. Yeah. I don't know if you could 
portray her the same way, uh, the same way anymore. So we'll see. But that's a discussion for another time, I guess. Absolutely. Uh, anyhow, and and before we leave, um, I, I know you post on Facebook about it. Uh, we usually don't talk about it that much, but the Stanley Weston Award, which is um, uh, been around for a long time, and 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 it is kind of a lifetime achievement award, and uh, very often goes to a uh unfortunately a wrestler who who passed away in any given year and, and we've had a number of those um in past years and certainly we're already off to um a, a tragic start in 2017 with jimmy snooker um but um kind of a, a a feel-good story in the 2016 winner yeah yeah well it's it's a uh, dick the destroyer buyer is a stanley weston winner who's still very much with us uh an incredible human being, just a great guy. I've known him for a long time. He lives very close to me. I've been to his house. Uh, he opened up a park golf course, which is a type of hybrid golf that developed in Japan right next to his property and right next to that uh, where he can go and play 18 holes of golf where anyone from four years to 94 years can play the same course. Um, he has kind of a little museum of all of his memorabilia there and he drives around on a golf cart with the mask on and greets everybody and just a fantastic guy. But uh, again, he's a guy who really helped popularize pro wrestling in Japan with his match against Ricky Dozen, being very close to Giant Baba through the rise of all Japan. Uh, he's the guy who had a rivalry with Gorgeous George and shaved Gorgeous George's head in a mask versus hair match. Just a fantastic guy with all these stories of driving around Andre the Giant and everything. But on top of that, a guy who has really for the past 30 or 40 years, he's also been a, a coach and a, a phys ed teacher. And he's for 30, 40 years or more been very uh, dedicated to charity, uh, whether it's charities in Japan and the U.S. Just two years ago, he um, did a, a thing where they um, rappelled down the side of a tower in Niagara Falls, New York. Uh, at 83 years old, I believe, he rappelled down the side of a, a 40-story tower. So, I mean, it's it's pretty incredible. He, he's just a fascinating guy, and uh, it's just really terrific that uh, that we were able to get him this award. And, in fact, um, yeah, it's he's he's got a big kind of group of fans who are pushing a petition to get him in the WWE Hall of Fame. That'd be uh, great. He was yeah. able to go and uh, in, give the speech to induct um, Gorgeous George. Uh, and give the award to Gorgeous George's family, but it would be nice to actually see him honored by WWE as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I got him up on uh, Wikipedia. Eighty-six years old. Wow, it's great. Yeah, yeah. and and yeah. looks great. So, yeah, uh, fantastic he, guy. Yeah, I know he's one of kind of the the mentors and, and role models of, of a friend of mine uh, up in your area, uh, the Silent Warrior, the, uh, oh, the yeah. deaf mass wrestler, uh, yeah. who just recently retired. Um, and I know he held uh, Dick in, in high esteem. So, um, yes, glad that, that he got uh, this recognition. All right, Dan, that's it for another year. I guess uh, we'll be doing this again in, in 12 months. It'll be fun to see how 27 unfolds. Uh, you know, the beginning of the year, you got kind of this blank slate. It's always fun when you have the first awesome match of the year that you think, oh, early contender for match of the year and i think we already got got that out of the way and i'm sure january 4th yeah that's right and and with uh again the rumble right around the corner um we may have a few more uh so uh yes excited about 2017 a lot to look forward to um including another year of the pwi podcast uh thank you dan thank you yep and uh we will see all you guys soon (laughs) 